Every family has its own unique traditions, from where to go on summer vacation to how holidays are celebrated. When I was growing up, I spent many summer vacations at the old family homestead near Wadena. Dad and I would fish the many lakes of Ottertail County. We'd also make the drive north to Bemidji. It seemed like every time we'd make the drive north to Bemidji, stocking up on winter wear at the woolen mills and visiting Itasca State Park for the umpteenth time. Uh, if I had a nickel for every time, for every picture Dad took of us with Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox, <laughs> I'd have a lot of nickels. For Christmas, Sarah and I had very different family traditions. Sarah's family opened everything on Christmas Eve after the service since before was the best time for Santa to come. For me, everything was on Christmas Day. So I remember, I still remember the joy and excitement of waking up as early as I could, the magic of waking up at 5 a.m. to see everything under that tree. As a good oldest son, though, I waited until everyone was up before diving into the loot. The varying branches of God's family also have their unique traditions. Every congregation has its own way of structuring worship, serving communion, governing bodies, and the like. And many times, doesn't matter what congregation it is, Woe be to the one who attempts to change from the traditional way of doing things. I'm sure none of you have ever said or heard any of the following statements. We've never done it that way before. <laughs> we tried that and it didn't work. I'd be okay with trying your way, but I don't think other people would be. Many people are saying that they like how we used to do it better. This isn't to speak against tradition. Tradition can be good and useful. In fact, it usually is good and useful. Traditions keep us from having to reinvent the wheel. In the church office, we aren't thrown into total chaos each week because we know what the, the structure of the worship service. Sometimes we have a slip-up with who's supposed to be assisting that week and all that, but for the most part, we know how the, the structure around which we're planning. Your congregation council can have a functional meeting because we know who's supposed to run the meeting and how motions are to be made and discussed. Committees can function because they have a traditional sphere of responsibility. With family traditions, they free you up. You don't have to think too hard about when you're going to open the presents or where Christmas dinner will be. You don't have to constantly reevaluate who's cooking, who's washing dishes. Well, maybe some families, yeah, but you don't have to constantly reinvent the wheel. Traditions free us to focus on other more pressing matters. However, tradition can turn toxic. Tradition can easily turn into a thing to be worshipped, a thing with its own end rather than being a means to something else. It can stifle creativity. It can kill. Tradition can keep us mired in past events with no contemporary relevance, turned from whatever new thing God is doing. The ironic thing is that Jesus' opponents in our gospel today 
think that following their tradition closely and imposing it on others brings them closer to God. The tradition in this case is hand-washing, and as Amber pointed out, I think we can all get behind hand-washing. So, ever see someone leave the restroom without washing their hands? Do you immediately judge that person? Yes, you do. If it's your kid, what do you do? Go right back in there and wash your hands. I'm sure, I'll, I'm sure we won't ever say that. So, we wash our hands because we know it prevents illness. But this isn't that kind of hand-washing. This is hand-washing done for ritual purity. You see, in Exodus 19.6, before giving the Ten Commandments, God tells Moses that the Israelites shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. Since the entire nation of Israel was to be holy, some teachers applied the washing rituals for the sacrificial priesthood. The priesthood had certain ablutions they had to do before offering sacrifices. Some teachers applied those rituals to all of Israel. This was in a positive way to keep alive the faith of their ancestors, to bring their faith into daily life, we might say. You know, that's all well and good. The problem comes when the ritual itself is to be followed for its own sake and not for any greater purpose. When the Pharisees confront Jesus about hand-washing, he points out that their traditions, their attempts to live out their faith, turn out to be contrary to the Word of God. Jesus points out that one of their traditions breaks the fourth commandment, honor your father and mother. If someone makes a gift to God and then cannot support their aged parents, Jesus says that that tradition is contrary to God's word. And as an aside, this does seem a bit ironic in the Gospel of Mark. Doesn't Jesus, after all, in chapter 3, disregard his own relationship to his family sometimes? Well, yes, but remember that Jesus as God's Son in the flesh, is on earth for a specific mission. Jesus is on earth to proclaim the nearness of God's kingdom and demonstrate it through his work. No one, not even his family, may be kept from fulfilling it. That's why Jesus seems so brusque at times when it comes to his biological family. Jesus is far more concerned about what comes out of a person than what goes in, or what rituals they follow, the way they worship, how they serve communion, what time church is, all of that. Jesus is far more concerned about what comes out of a person. Jesus reminds the crowd and reminds us of a greater tradition in God's family, a tradition that goes back to Moses and the prophets. If Israel is to truly be God's priestly people and also us who have been grafted into the tree of God's people, they need to remember, we need to remember, that what goes into us is not as important as what comes out. Every single evil, with the exception of maybe so-called natural evils like natural disasters, we can't account for those, every evil has its origin in the human heart. 
when we, like the Pharisees, elevate the ritual to the status of an idol, a thing in itself to be done for its own sake, we forget that God has made us his people and continues to make us more and more in the image of the Son. Because God has made us into his priestly people, a people who can pray for one another and who can love others as the people they are. We are people who can love others as the people they are, not as the people we wish they were. When we remember who God has made us to be in our baptism, what God has already done for us in making us his holy people, then we remember that we have been freed from acting on our own impulses. Notice the evils that Jesus lists at the end of the passage. We're freed from impulsively doing every one of those. Well, including those at the end of the list that we probably fall into the most. You know, God, you know, going down the list, yeah, haven't done that, haven't done Going back, then the last four seem to hit at home. Envy, wanting what someone else has. Slander, you check out Facebook lately? Pride, setting up oneself as the center of one's own life. I am my own master, I am my own Lord, I am my own God. And folly. I do a lot of foolish things every single day. Because Jesus has made us his own, we are freed from those things which damage our relationship to God and our neighbor. Instead, we are freed from our impulses in order to serve God and serve our neighbor. As Luther says in his address to the German nobility, a Christian is a perfectly free Lord, subject to none. A Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant, subject to all. A Christian is a perfectly free Lord, subject to none. A Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant, subject to all. The second, being a servant, is only possible Because the first one is in place. You can't be a servant unless you are assured of your status before God. Unless you are free. It is only because God in Christ has freed us and made us a priestly people, a holy people, a beloved people, that we can be a servant people. That's a family tradition that we can always follow. When we treat each other like the free people we are, with equal dignity and respect in God's sight, then we are empowered to serve as Christ served. Thanks be to God. Amen.